0: Thank you.
1: This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin.
0: Episode 16. Zombie Apocalypse. Subject. Zero. Beth sat listening to the rain trickle down her third floor apartment window as she rolled the butt of her ballpoint pen across her upper lip. She could feel the imprints from where she nervously chewed on it from time to time. Despite being pressed for time, she couldn't decide what to write. Her career as a small-time journalist depended on this article. She stared at the ceiling, counting every imperfection in the plaster. It was all she could do to keep her anxiety down. She had been struggling to write much of anything lately, and it was very evident in her work. She was given one last assignment, and if she failed to present something of value, she would lose her job and have to start over. She couldn't let this happen. She decided to take a break and go out for a few hours, hoping something would come to her or that she would stumble on a story. Being in the confines of her studio apartment, wasn't giving her the inspiration she needed. She left her apartment shortly after 7 p.m. and walked three blocks north to a local pub she and her friends frequented. While on the way, she sent a group text to Maria, Bailey, and Clark, letting them know she needed a drink. Luckily, they were all already there and were eager for her arrival. Upon walking into the pub, She was immediately hit with the stale scent of cigarette smoke and liquor. The bars in the area stopped allowing smoking inside, but the scent lingered and would most likely never go away, despite how many times they attempted to paint over the yellow, tar and nicotine-covered walls and ceilings. Bailey immediately ran over to her and gave her a hug so tight it almost took her breath away. "'I'm so glad you made it. Girl, you would not believe the day I've had.' Bailey said to her as they made their way to the bar to purchase a drink. After grabbing their drinks, they headed to the back table where their group of friends sat. Upon reaching the table, the others stood up to give Beth a hug and then sat back down. Bailey proceeded to tell the group of a rough day as an RN and dealing with difficult patients. Clark chimed in shortly after, complaining of the struggles of being an elementary school teacher in Chicago. Maria also expressed her displeasure of being a secretary for a local law firm, consisting of all men that liked to make her feel uncomfortable and uneasy. Beth sat listening to each of their stories, not wanting to let them know that she was struggling herself. She hadn't told them that she was at risk of losing her job, and didn't want them to worry about her. How's the journalism life treating you? Clark asked her. Well... I'm working on an article right now. I still don't know specifically what it is about or the angle I'm working. But it will come to me. That's why I'm here tonight, Beth replied. The rain continued to fall steadily, blurring the traffic lights outside. To Beth, it was oddly comforting. She loved the rain and the way it made her miss her home back in Seattle. She had moved to Chicago a few years previously. Mostly just chasing a different life. She loved it here, but the little things made her miss home, even more so lately. She had thought about moving back from time to time, but she wasn't going to let that happen. The group sat talking and laughing and drinking for a couple of hours before realizing how late it had gotten. Beth, whom had still been in her own head for most of the night, looked at her phone and said to the group, I really need to get back and try and hash out this article. I only have till the end of the weekend to complete it as she gathered her things to leave. At that time, the rest of the group agreed and exchanged goodbyes and left, each going their separate ways. Maria offered to give Beth a ride, but she politely declined as her apartment was only a few blocks south from the pub. While walking home, something about the night did not feel right. She had a feeling as if something was off. She could see what appeared to be police lights up ahead. She walked down two blocks before coming to a barricade surrounding an alleyway. She was met by a small crowd of people and light chatter amongst them. What happened, she asked one of the group members. I think someone got killed, they replied. She couldn't see far down the alley due to it being blocked off by police cars and an ambulance. She attempted to make her way closer and immediately pulled out her phone to take a video recording of the event she spotted a nearby officer and approached him to ask what had happened. She introduced herself as a local reporter and asked if they could provide any details. We don't know much yet. It was an attack reported by someone passing by. We expected to be a robbery gone bad. However, between you and me, I've never seen anything like it. When we pulled up, we saw the perp hovered over her. He wouldn't respond. So we went in closer. Once we could see what was happening, well, I sent shivers down my spine. The poor girl's face was mangled and had been chewed off. We pulled the man off of her, but he wouldn't stop fighting. It took four of us to hold him back. By that time, he attacked one of our own. We had no choice but to open fire. We are waiting on the medical examiner and will hopefully have more information soon. That is all I can provide. Sorry, miss. Confused by what she had just heard, she quickly snapped a couple photos of the scene and fled quickly. She had to get back and document the event. This was her opportunity. She went back to her apartment, throwing her things on the floor, and immediately sat down at her computer and started writing. Local East Side Robbery Gone Wrong, the title read. Instantly, the words poured out. She recounted the officers' details of the event. She questioned the logic behind what would cause the man to eat the woman's face. She provided photos of the dark alleyway and the blood-soaked linens covering the bodies. After reading through the article, she immediately sent it over to our publisher. It wasn't long before she received a response. They loved it and were going to run it first thing on Monday. She was the first to report on the incident, but definitely not the last. Local news reporters started reporting on it later that night, but none of them had the intel she did, as all they could say is that it was under investigation, and details could not be provided at this time. The excitement of the weekend quickly came and went as Beth returned to work on Monday morning. Cheer broke out as she entered the building. Her article had already sparked so much interest, she was no longer at risk of losing her position. She was called in for a meeting early that afternoon to discuss what comes next. They wanted more. She explained that she had provided all she could with her article's submission. This wasn't enough. They assigned her the task of reaching out to local precinct to get in touch with the officer she had spoken to that night. They also wanted her to contact the medical examiner and get details of what they were able to determine. She left the office early to go to the police department. All she knew of the officer was the name Watkins. She walked in and immediately asked for the officer. To her surprise, he was available and willing to talk to her, but not at the station. They agreed to meet for coffee later that day. At 5 p.m., Beth sat at a nearby Starbucks sipping her latte, eagerly awaiting the officer's arrival. Watkins walked in shortly after, grabbed some coffee, and sat down quietly across from her. So, tell me, officer, do you know if there have been any updates as to what happened? Beth asked Watkins. He replied, We do not know much yet. The perp is still a John Doe. We haven't been successful in tracking down their identity yet. The victim was Cynthia Belma, a local bakery owner and a mother of three. She was only in her 30s and had recently remarried. We are currently working all angles as the details don't really add up. She had closed up shop for the day and, as we believe, was leaving to go home to her husband and children. She wasn't even carrying anything of value with her, yet this man attacks her. There's really no motive poor woman, Beth replied, feeling saddened by what she had just learned. Have the medical examiners been able to determine anything yet? The officer looked at her with an almost frightened look on his face. There's one other thing. The Emmy is baffled. They say our John Doe showed traits of post-mortem. It doesn't make any sense. It's not like the dead can get up and walk around. All of a sudden, a panicked call came over Watkins' radio calling all available officers to Cook County Medical Examiner's Office on West Harrison. Be alert. Subject is hostile. Proceed with caution. Officer Watkins immediately stood up. I have to go. Please take care of yourself, he said as he ran out of the building. Beth immediately looked up the address to the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office and purchased an Uber to take her there. Upon her arrival, she was met by a line of unattended police cars at the scene. She quickly made her way inside. She could hear yelling and what sounded like screams coming from all directions. She took out her phone and started taking a video recording as she slowly made her way through the empty halls. She found trails of blood that seemed to line the hallways. There was no clear indication of what direction it was going or where it led. She followed the trail to the middle of the building where she found mangled bodies littering the floor. This immediately scared her and she wanted to turn around, but she decided against it for the sake of her story. She heard gunshots coming from her right, so she immediately turned and followed the sounds, proceeding with caution and her heart racing a mile a minute. Her breathing was very rapid at this point and had tripled to that of when she had arrived. As she proceeded, the amount of blood became more and more. It soaked the floors, and blood-stained handprints could be seen on the walls. Whatever was in the building had attacked so many in it. A group of employees came racing through a nearby door, running out in front of her, causing her to stumble and slip in some of the blood on the hallway floor. Get out, they yelled. Save yourself! By this time, Beth was really considering turning around and leaving. She didn't want to get caught up in whatever was going on. She had not signed up for this. She pulled herself up, and all of a sudden, she heard what sounded like a blood-curdling roar. Something inhuman. She immediately hid under a nearby desk and attempted to muffle her breathing. What appeared to be a man came racing out of the same door the employees came from. However, this wasn't an ordinary man. His skin looked as though it was rotting off of his body. His eyes appeared a murky white and glossed over, almost glowing under the LED lighting. The man's face was completely unrecognizable, covered in blood that spanned his entire face, with a descended jaw that looked like it was barely hanging on. Beth couldn't turn away. The man stood there, groaning, and appeared to sniff the air like it was tracking or catching the scent of its victim. The man turned around and looked in her direction. Beth gasped as she noticed the man looked as if he had been cut open. His insides were missing, and all he had were skin flaps where a stomach and chest should be. It took everything in her to steady her breathing. The man slowly approached her, sniffing at the air around her. She clenched the underside of the desk so hard she started bleeding. The man circled to the back of the desk. This is it, she thought. What did I do to get myself into this? The man then spotted her and dove over her, barely missing her and running into the wall. Beth quickly got up and attempted to run. To her surprise, the man was on all fours, running after her before lunging at her again. Beth fell over, stunned, with a loud, constant ringing in her ears. She attempted to muster up a cry, but nothing would come out. She knew that she was too late. The man had caught her, and would be soon shooing away at bits of her flesh, just like the others. She laid there, giving herself away, and saying a prayer to herself before she drifted off, becoming nothing more than a pile of mangled flesh. She felt a hand reach down and grab her by the shoulder. She tried everything she could to fight, but she was nearly catatonic. She felt herself be pulled to her feet. After standing for a moment and coming back to reality, she was met by Officer Watkins. Watkins pulled her close, embracing her tightly. Beth proceeded to sob in his arms for what felt like an eternity. A while later, she sat in the passenger seat of Watkins' squad car. Still shocked by what she had endured, she decided to look over the video she had taken of the incident. There he was again, the undead man standing in front of her. She couldn't watch anymore. She threw her phone down on the floor of the car and heard the sound of gunshots coming from the video. She immediately picked it back up and could see Officer Watkins, although slightly out of frame, shoot the man repeatedly till he was lifeless. By that time, Watkins made his way to a squad car. Are, are, are you okay? He asked her. Beth, still shaken up, let out an almost whispered reply. I think so. What happened back there? The officer put the car into drive and pulled out of the parking lot. To be honest, I really don't know. In all my years, I've never seen anything like it, and I don't think I ever will again. That was the same John Doe from a few nights ago. He was dead, though. I know he was. We shot him down in the alley. Emmy report says the man started to show signs of life while performing an autopsy. And the rest, well, I'm sure you know the rest. I'm just glad I got to you in time. He was so close. I didn't even think. I just shot. And shot again. I continued shooting till I had emptied my magazine into his skull. They were going to put him in the cremation chamber to burn the body and prevent. Well, you know, Beth looked over at Watkins with tears streaming down her face. Thank you, she said. Thank you. The officer let out a slight smile, yet slight worried look, and the two drove off. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling.
1: We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. Dude, fantastic story. Seriously. Like, classic zombie setting. I like that it's just, like, the very beginning of the outbreak. You know, or of the phenomenon. Exactly. That's why he's known as Subject Zero. Right. Makes sense. I just, um... I I always like seeing the origin of the story. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because... There are a lot of like zombie stories that drop in in the middle. You That's know? what but I tried just... to
0: paint with this one was kind of explaining what had happened, what you know, her running into that that original scene of right. just you know this person and the woman, and then him shoot them shooting you know this perp dead uh, for yeah. what they thought um, supposedly dead, exactly. So and that's that's kind of the route that I wanted to go because I wanted to I didn't want to just hop in and explain some type of you know outbreak and it just have no like background or meaning or you know which is something that bothers me in a lot of a lot of you know zombie stories or movies Um, for sure because I think a
1: lot of it is just assumed that the audience is like oh we're familiar with this setting right of course yeah but I'm psyched to talk about zombies because to be perfectly honest it's not one of my like i wouldn't consider it one of my favorite halloween monsters so i haven't spent a lot of time like learning about it or studying and i know you have like a ton of background right and like i'm, I'm psyched to learn about zombies awesome well i am psyched to uh school you
0: in some zombies here Excellent. <laughs> I actually have a, a lot of background to go over here, so we're going to get pretty in depth. So I hope you're ready.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely ready. Awesome.
0: I'm be prepared to be interrupted throughout though. <laughs> no worries. I mean, you know, feel free to chime in. Um yeah, yeah. what I want to go I want to I want to kind of go over the history, the lore um, you know, where we where we essentially start with zombies, where it kind of originates, uh, what's led into today. Right. Uh, because there's there's a very vast history that uh, a lot of people don't know, you know, nice. and think of it as, uh, you know, the, the, the modernized zombies that we're familiar with today, that it's not always been like that so yeah i'm sure uh, there's a progression lead it, that leads up to it right exactly and that's where i definitely want to touch on for sure okay so where did where did zombies start all right well the term zombie of course is known by everyone you ask anybody ask a random stranger what their idea of a zombie is going to be and they're most likely going to describe it as a villain in a horror movie Sure. Um, You know, they're most always going to describe it as a rotting reanimated corpse with an insatiable hunger for human flesh. You know, to put it lightly, Um, (laughs) you know, which has been made popular by mainstream media. Um, But, you know, with all stories, there is a background. There is a a place of origin and, you know, some event or some event in history that has caused this thing to become well-known and so widespread. Right. Um, you know, even though often considered to be only in movies, TV shows, games, you know things, uh, you know things that are basically just creepy horror, you know, monster related. Right. They are very real, and so okay. that's what I want to touch on today. I want to, They're I real. want to, I want to focus on the real zombies. Okay, interesting. So the concept of zombie uh, was formed by the practice of voodoo. Uh, which is often uh, confused with voodoo. Um, They're both separate practices, both separate religions. Uh, More than four centuries ago, West African people, uh, men, women, children, were forcibly taken from their homes and shipped around the world. Uh, Some of these enslaved people were sent to the island of Hispaniola and as early as 1502. Uh, During the 17th century, the French began establishing colonies on the island, uh, and by 1697 they ruled over a third of the island that is now known as Haiti. Okay. Um, at the time, it was known as Saint-Domingue. Over the course of the 18th century, France established trade settlements at Lacai and Port-au-Prince. Uh, with the demand of different goods steadily becoming more and more, many of the enslaved Africans ended up on plantations in Haiti. Right. Uh, which, in turn, would bolster France's economy and basically would allow them to become... Uh, You know one of the uh, Basically just would Aid in their success and aid in their World power sure So by the 1780s St. Domingue consisted of one third Of the total people of the Atlantic Slave slave trade and with More than 90% of the island's Population being enslaved So You know you have
1: not a great ratio For slave drivers Right
0: yeah I mean that's Insane (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so basically you have all these people that come together, uh, different backgrounds, uh, spiritually, uh, you know, forced together in Haiti, they formed a new religion uh, to bring together their different views, beliefs, and experiences. Um, so in the Vodou religion, it's believed that the human body is merely flesh manipulated by two spiritual elements that make up the soul, the Tibanage and the Grobanage. The T often referred to as the petit banage, is the part of the person that's able to contact spirits, uh Lois, if you will. In okay. addition, it controls memory, authority, and consciousness. Uh which is essentially the person's personality. Right. The Grosinage or Gros Banage or binage controls motor function of the body. It's what allows the person to move and breathe. And they believe that these two can actually be stolen. From the person. Okay. So, for those that practice voodoo, death is a process that actually takes a very long time. The soul can take days to move on after death and until it until that process completes. Both parts of the body and the soul are at risk of wandering or even being captured. So, the majority of those that practice voodoo use their ability to communicate and influence spirits in a, pos- a positive way. However, of course, there's always a darkness. Sure. Yeah, there are spiritual leaders that use their abilities to influence negative behavior for malicious intent. Uh, and those are specifically known as bokor. Those are the bad guys? Those are the bad guys. Okay. So bokor, um, they're identified by their willingness to trap the part of the soul that houses free will, the tibonage, in a bottle. Uh, so they basically, they believe that whoever possesses this bottle has the ability to control the the deceased person gotcha so you know and i guess kind of skipping forward you know, despite kind of what we now perceive zombies as and today you know today in modern culture haitian mm-hmm. zombies resembled nothing of what we think of zombies as today so you know voodoo zombies are simply just shells uh, essentially mindless workers with no emotions no ability to feel pain uh pain basically a puppet at their master at the hands of their master so all they have is their motor function exactly so i mean you use that on a slave plantation um you know you basically just get somebody to do your bidding right right that makes sense and so it's said though that they can be brought to the state by an administer poison that causes them to enter a coma-like state in which they're still alive but appear dead um, okay. so basically after this point the victim is pronounced dead, buried, and then dug uh, dug up and pulled from the grave as a zombie by the bokor. So, these are like these are like real life necromancers. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And we'll okay. get we'll get a little bit deeper into kind of the poisons, um, you know, the tetrodotoxin things like that as we move on here. Um but basically in this case, zombification is believed that it, it essentially was established as an allegory for colonialism, imperialism, and oppression. You know, right. again, focusing on these enslaved peoples, um, you know, that are, are sent out, you know, revived from a mere dead-like state. And then, you know, are just have no, no thoughts for themselves. They're just there to work basically. Right, uh, it's but, like a
1: social commentary on the way that they were viewed by their right. captors. It was
0: basically used as a way to explain someone enslaved with no free will and the subject of pure control. Right, that makes sense. So the Haitian people didn't fear the zombies. They didn't fear them at all. You know, as we do with modern, modern pop culture, it wasn't anything right. like that. They feared becoming one.
1: Right, okay. You know,
0: and so the idea of basically being stripped away of one's ability to be unique and their own free will uh it became basically the subject of nightmares at that point
1: so could the people who went through this zombification could they be returned to their normal state if like it this part of their soul was released
0: back to them so or is this like a permanent that's what's kind of still up in the air technically yes Um but it wasn't it wasn't like that basically once they were zombies they were zombies until they were dead again okay you know gotcha so uh so i guess one thing to note from 1791 to 1804 um the enslaved africans revolted against their french repre- french suppressors um which eventually led to the declaration of the haitian independence in 1804 um mm-hmm. and then slavery slavery then was abolished in 19, uh, 1805 sorry right um, and so at that point, you know, you have these these enslaved Africans fighting against their French oppressors, winning their war. And you have some of these some of these French that then escaped to the U.S. Mm-hmm. All right. So at that point, Vodou then evolved further in the U.S. Um, you know, when the Haitian people were brought to the States by the French uh, during the revolution, and then they were subjected to new influences new influences that were nothing that they had experienced in haiti so you know basically at this time the subject to zombies uh, you know an idea of zombies was very still very little known it wasn't it wasn't anything you know especially in america um it wasn't at least widespread now in 1955 the u.s military actually occupied haiti So as they were there, they learned of all these different things. You know, they learned of all these stories of zombies, the Haitian culture, um, you know, and the old traditions. Exactly. And basically, when they returned home back to the States, they brought these stories back with them. Um, You know, and stories basically focusing on the living dead. So to them, they embellished them quite a bit. Yeah. Um, You know, it was it was it was a little bit different, obviously. And this is, you know, think of years later, these stories have been passed down. These traditions have been passed down. This religion has been made that much more diverse um, that, you know, these soldiers come back and they're able to learn about these things and bring it back, you know, bring it back to the states, bring it back to their homes. And then they want to make them good campfire stories. Right. So they they beef them up. Exactly. And at that point, Haiti actually became to be came to be seen as a place of black magic right um so in books and newspaper you know newspapers uh, they embellished and exaggerated to the sen- to the extent of describing voodoo uh zombies as being mindless walking dead corpses with eyes that match someone being dead for a period of time uh which yeah. is one of the more notable ones because you know in haitian culture in these times they didn't describe it as that they described it as a normal looking person that was just mindless had right. no free will had you know they didn't speak they didn't do anything but what they were supposed to do like your average cubicle worker <laughs>
1: <laughs> basically yeah 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 that that makes sense so not the like shambling rotting corpses they were people
0: they were just missing a part of their soul exactly yeah okay and so basically at that point it wasn't long before the idea of zombies started to catch on you know, they're right. bringing back these stories. They're becoming, you know, spread out. They're being passed on, you know, whatever else. In 1932, the first actual zombie-based full-length motion picture was released, which was called White Zombie. Yep, if you're familiar with it. So, of and course. for those that aren't, uh, the story basically tells of a lovesick man um, that basically obtains the object of his affections, a woman, by providing, you know, by giving her a poison. After she dies, uh, you know she's basically revived as a mindless zombie to basically just love him and nothing else. Like that's that's his ultimate goal. And also, the film marked the first time that white bodies, white men, were used in a scenario relating to zombies. Because at that point, it was all Haitian culture. Sure. You know, it was it was it had nothing to do with anyone else, and so at that point it started to span. You know, even bigger became this bigger thing. So, uh, talking about the tetrodotoxin and things like that that I mentioned a little bit ago. So, fast forward to like to the eighties. There was actually a book that was written by um, an author, uh, Wade Davis, um, wrote a book called The Serpent and the Rainbow. Uh, and basically mm-hmm. the book just documents, uh, Davis's travels to Haiti to study voodoo and voodoo. Um, it basically centers around voodoo and voodoo practitioners that create real zombies through use of poisons, which a lot yeah, of the was, Haitian culture is focused on.
1: That was also a really good zombie movie in 1988 called the serpent and the rainbow.
0: It's focused. Exactly. That, yeah. Yep. And yeah. So it, it goes on to inspire a lot. Yes. So, Yep. Uh, so Davis basically claimed um, to discover two zombie powders. Two powders. Uh, one of the pow- powders it's used to create the appearance of death, and the other is used to reanimate or revive them. So, okay. you know, one putting them into a near death like state to where their breathing can't be registered, their pulse can't be registered. They appear dead. They're then buried and then they're dug up. And then that's when they're administered the second poison to revive them and turn them into the zombie. Gotcha. So basically, Davis stated that he was able to obtain actually eight of the before powders to put them into that state. um, And they contained tetrodotoxin. Which is a psychoactive substance that's contained uh, obtained from uh, Haitian pufferfish. Okay, gotcha. Now they ended up. Uh, there was uh, some examiner group of group of people that ended up examining and um, analyzing the powder, and were actually able to determine that there was little to no trace of tetrodotoxin in it. Yeah. Um, so basically it's still unknown really, if that powder actually did shit, you know, cause nobody knows, um, right. but, uh, so the chance
1: know. he was just like a bullshitter,
0: right? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And at this point where, you know, obviously as the Bokor and Haitian culture and Haitian, uh, the Vodou religion, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say if that was actually what was used in that case, right? Yeah. Pretty compelling, you know? Uh, yeah. but at the same time it's a cool story right it's a cool story Yeah, um, but you know regardless that didn't stop the zombie craze from sweeping the nation at that point okay so, so before
1: you move on from the from curses yeah. and that style shout out to um, the WWF wrestler Papa Shango who used to blow powder in his opponents faces and turn them into zombies that was definitely a thing
0: I don't watch wrestling. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm so sorry, <laughs> dude. It was so long ago.
1: It's he's from back in the 80s. So I mean, it was you like
0: WWF, right? So that's yeah, it's not, yeah. not even a thing anymore. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. It was during this time period that you're talking about. Yeah, the wrestler's name was Papa Shango, and he had like a white skull painted on his face, and he would like pull this little handful of powder out of his pants and blow it in their face, and they would like zombify. <laughs> and like couldn't he would control them. Yeah. That's awesome. So clearly this craze reached all all demographics. Right. He was right? obviously a
0: big fan of the serpent and the rainbow too. So. <laughs> For sure. For sure. <laughs> I wonder if that actually contained any tetradotoxin. <laughs> I would hope not. Um so it kind of getting back. Uh so yeah, yeah. at this point I'm skipping I'm skipping back. I'm skipping around you know different time. Time period, just to give an idea of what, you know, because focusing on Wade Davis's uh, powders and things like that, he discovered in Haitia, or Haiti, sorry, in Haitian culture is what I was trying to get yeah. at. Um, you know, so that kind of just aids in the whole Haitian end of, or Haitian beginning of the zombie, uh, you know, zombie origin. Right. So now we're going to travel back to 1968. George Romero started the actual zombie craze.
1: Right, the American zombie.
0: Yes. Yeah. The zombie we know to this day would not be a thing without George Romero. So, basically, I mean, inspire, he inspired many films, publications, TV shows, games. I mean, you name it, this dude is literally responsible for all of this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, with the flagship of the craze being Night of the Living Dead. Of course. Uh, and... I, I would say I don't think there's anybody listening to this has not seen Night of the Living Dead. But if you haven't, basically, the film depicted zombies as being reanimated, mindless beings with a need to feed on human flesh. Exactly what we know zombies as to this day. Yeah, of course. With the popular line, they're coming for you, Barbara. <laughs> Told you, I'm going to throw it in there. Literally my favorite are. line of all time. Yeah. Um. So regardless, uh, going back to it. <laughs> Uh, he went on to basically being one of the well, most well known and respected uh, directors in the genre, creating the genre, if you will. Yeah. Because I mean, even even White Zombie things like that back in the day were nothing like this. Yeah, you know, he created what we perceive zombies as, and I mean, still we're running with it with everything yeah. that is out in in modern culture today. Um, you know, as I'm sure we'll we'll get into a little bit more here, but. This dude spanned 41 years, and a six-part zombie series with multiple remakes at that. Yep. And uh, his work, basically, at this point, has forever changed the way that we will look and perceive any type of zombie uh, to this day. Yeah, he's the godfather of zombies, of the modern zombie. He wasn't the first to depict zombies as flesh-eating undead. Um, But he was able to actually take pieces from the lore and the mythology to combine them together and create today's iconic monster. So, you know, there were others that had these ideas, but he actually took pieces from everything and made it a zombie. Yeah. The zombie we know. So, now one thing... Um, You know, obviously, the way that he depicted them as, you know, basically just reanimated flesh bags, uh, insatiable hunger, nothing like Haitian, you know, Haitians, mindless enslaved workers. Right. Um, But one thing that does bother me uh, is that there was never really any specific origin as to where they came from. Yeah, you know, so like going back into the Haitian origin, there was nothing that followed after that, that they just adapted and became this or that or whatever else. There there was no real backstory that, you know, he supplied at that point. Right. Um, Which is probably one of the kind of one of the bigger downfalls. Um, Yeah, I mean, there are a few
1: like um, theories posited by characters in the movies right in his movies but none of them are ever confirmed right yeah yeah
0: yeah what's because what's funny though is when romero first uh made night of the living dead for years it wasn't about zombies yeah it was about ghouls yeah he referred to them as ghouls yep and it wasn't until uh, like mid 70s when everyone everyone was referring to them as zombies that he finally just give up and just like yeah there's all right yeah all right, right. fine there's zombies. And he tried for so long to not you know in which to me is crazy because it, be, it from what it's developed into it became yeah. this massive craze that will forever be a thing well clearly you
1: know, he saw the signs of the time and was like all right, <laughs> right. I, I i guess i'll be a part of
0: this But I I don't understand, you know, why he referred to them as ghouls in the first place. Like, you know, especially with being at kind of the center of this, um, you know, like slowly building craze. It it wasn't a craze at that point, but slowly building widespread thing that was, you know, kind of developing. Like why didn't just go on the immediately on the web? Yeah, we're just going to make a zombie movie. We're going to do it our own way. Yeah,
1: I mean, maybe he, and, you know, far be it for me to speak for Romero, but, like, I could imagine a scenario where he, like you said, he took pieces from this, pieces from that, and he, he built this monster, right? And right, of course. He probably, I imagine that involved a lot of research, and he probably, when he thought of a zombie, he probably thought of the Haitian zombie that you've been describing, Right. right? So, like, he, his intention was probably to take some of that, some of another thing, some of, and make his own monster, right? So,
0: like, I could see why he would want to call them ghouls instead of zombies. I've actually seen interviews to where they question whether he even ever heard of a Haitian zombie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, and a lot of people that worked with him, you know, early on, like, they don't think that he ever even knew what a Haitian zombie was. I mean, yeah, I might be completely wrong. This dude being <laughs> just brilliant as fuck just was like, "Yeah, let's do this. This is gonna be cool, right?" Literally, and then it, it, it you know became adapted as, as you know from what we knew. Well, I guess from what we didn't know, but they slowly came to the U.S. You know, from right. from Haiti and everything, as developed into, you know, right. So, not stopping at George Romero, though. George Romero started all of this big, big zombie craze. Everything that's followed is because of what he did. Yeah, agreed. Now, fast forward to my favorite version of the zombies. Okay. And those are going to be pandemic zombies. Gotcha. Pandemic zombies are going to be those that you would familiar, if you're familiar with, like the Resident Evil series. Sure. Zombies that originate from a virus. Some yeah. widespread, you know, some widespread thing that, um, you know, causes people to start developing symptoms, turning, you know, just rapidly turning into these things, made most popular by the Resident Evil series. Yeah, definitely. And to me, that, I think that makes the most, and that's the most compelling end that I, I, would, I would agree with. I mean, not just being a fan of the Resident Evil series, obviously. I mean, that's my favorite series of all time. But yeah. I think the idea and the logic behind it it brings a lot more than just Romero zombies that just come out of nowhere and start you know climbing out of their graves. Well, it's less spiritual and more scientific,
1: right? Right, exactly. So, and maybe
0: that maybe that's the thing. Maybe I'm more yeah. on the scientific end of it, but um, I can see that. yeah, that's that's where I think that's where I lie for sure within those pandemic zombies. And obviously, those have sparked a lot more. You know, have sparked a lot more in mainstream media, um, and outbreaks and things like that. I mean, you know, think of movies like Twenty Eight Days Later, which is basically an Ebola virus with a rage virus. Um, yeah. You know, all formed f- from a virus. You know, yeah. and like Skip Two. I mean, you, you we have we have lots of especially lots of modern zombie movies that go on that same type of premise as well and yeah. that one up i mean the other i mean not to date the episode but like
1: pan, the word pandemic is a hot button a hot button topic at the moment right so like <laughs> right. it's yeah, pan, yeah the the idea of like a a massively infectious disease spreading and destroying society is something that's probably been on a lot of our listeners minds the last year and a half
0: I mean, you know, there's there's still people to this day that think the COVID vaccine is going to turn them into a zombie. So,
1: <laughs> good lord,
0: people right. are silly. <laughs> we won't yeah. get into that though, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, so like I said, that's that's my favorite my favorite version of the zombie is going to be okay. our pandemic zombies, our virus zombies, T virus. You know, turn. I'm not. I'm not going to get into Resident yeah. Evil, but. Like, that's what does it the best for me. You know, some, you know, biopharmaceutical company that's working on the next level drug that's going to do this or that, that has negative effects, negative consequences. There are many real things out there right now that can do this. Right. Um, I brought up twenty-eight days later because that's one of the most modern ones right now. Uh, that's based around Ebola. Ebola can cause... Blood, you know, blood bleeding, like bleeding from your eyes. Almost like a rage. That mixed with, say, um you know, some some form of like uh, rabies or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have that. It creates a rage virus. And that can literally create 28 days later zombies. 28 days, 28 weeks, whatever you want to refer to them. Literally right. is a real thing. A very yeah, possible it, thing. It's much more...
1: It's it's much easier to for us to conceive of right that it coming from some crazy experiment, some drug development, some you know they're like tampering with some virus, trying to make a vaccine for the you know for the next most powerful version of it, right? Like yeah, something goes haywire in a lab somewhere and it spreads. That makes a lot more sense to us. Think of
0: that as well as like the African sleeping sickness. Sure, can also cause zombie-like behaviors. The what is it? The I want to say it's the TC fly. I might be completely incorrect because that's no, yeah, you're right. That brings that that can that brings a um, a specific uh, like trait of this of this disease, right? Yeah, and can infect those and literally create these zombies that are yeah. in you know these that are oddly more like, like
1: that are oddly more like the Haitian zombies.
0: right Right. yeah for (laughs) sure yeah i mean but there are things that can cause this rabid behavior as well yeah and so it's like you know when when talking to someone that doesn't believe that you know like and and i know the cdc posted was it back in like 2012 like how to prepare a zombie awareness awareness and all that bullshit which is really fucking cool actually because it caused the website to crash that day for Um, sure (laughs) but you know like It's real. It's actually extremely real. And a lot of people don't realize this. There are so many different diseases and viruses out there that if, say, say we were attacked and I'm just using this as an example, you know, some bio like chemical warfare or whatever else could literally cause some of these these types of things could cause an outbreak of a disease that could cause such crazy symptoms they could be perceived as zombie like for sure i mean it's it's like it's
1: <clears throat> it feels plausible which is what makes the the concept so scary right it like it feels like a thing that literally could happen it's yeah and it's scary it's a scary it, it idea that's is. why that's why zombie movies are so powerful that's why you know not just movies of course it's all over media but like that's why the concept I think sticks with people so much. That's why you have like weird 35-year-olds driving like vans that are painted lime green with like zombie killer written on
0: the side and like You also have people that have like adapted fallout shelters to be exactly. zombie proof and you know crazy shit that zombie apocalypse preppers. Yes, and I think that is I I, I am on board because <laughs> yeah. I think anybody should be prepared because again there are lots of things out there that can cause these diseases and I've only mentioned a couple. There sure. are so many others that can cause again this rabid behavior. Maybe not like I don't know if there's anything specifically that can cause a crave for human flesh, right. but just like rabies. You know, just like rabies if if you catch rabies, I mean, you become very rabid. You will you will bite and attack anybody that you know They can essentially come in your path. Yeah. So that right there, you know, it's not necessarily a hunger, but it's a, you know, it's something within, you know, with your, within yourself, within your system that is causing you to just be aggressive. Yeah. And so, and that is very real. So I can't stress that enough for sure.
1: Not exactly animated dead, but like a similar experience, right. To dealing with your standard zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Which okay, so I just want to make it clear that you're not like saying that there's that it's super possible that there are drugs out there that would bring corpses back to life that would eat people
0: oh, we're Wait, we're you, about to get into this <laughs> Jesus all right all right all right, so first all right. of all, I'm going to give you a couple of accounts of real life zombie like cases, okay um and then we're going we're going we're going to discuss something that is very real. And happening to this day uh, that a lot aren't aware of. Okay. All right. You piqued my interest. Walter Williams, 2014. Came back from the dead after being pronounced by uh, a hospice nurse. Uh, the funeral home collected the body. They checked for a pulse once more before they packaged him up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst way to explain that. <laughs> Packaged him up.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue.
0: I started thinking of like a takeaway order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. I, I literally have tears right now. <laughs> All right. All <clears> right. <throat> <clears throat> the funeral home collected the body. They checked for the pulse, uh, confirming again, reconfirming that the man was dead. Right. Again, they bagged up the body to take mm-hmm. him to a nearby funeral home um, or to transport it. At that point, as they were on their way, Williams, Walter Williams, began kicking and trying, uh, kicking and punching at his body bag, trying to escape the coroner at that point checked the body and he had returned from the dead that's fucking
1: terrifying that's just one can you imagine being the person driving (laughs) no fucking like that oh my god
0: (laughs) Like especially if it's just you and you got a body in the back you're just like yeah you know going back and you got like, hey, can I get out of here? <laughs> yeah, holy shit. It's
1: kind of dark in here. If you did here. that, that would be less scary. Just the like punching and kicking. All of a sudden oh, you hear fuck, all man, this I like know. shuffling. You like bend down your rear view mirror to look in your back, in the back of the yeah. hearse. And it's just fucking, the bag's just going, oh my god. That's really scary.
0: I've got more for you. I mean, honestly
1: though, this guy came from hospice care, right? So like yeah just just the punching and kicking seems fairly active even for a living hospice patient
0: right yeah oh without a doubt i mean you would think at that point the this person's probably going to be pretty yeah you know, they're going to be pretty like confined to what they're doing they're not going to yeah. have very many motor skills at that point sure um you know i yeah i i you know thought the exact same it'd be wild because... to find out that he like made a full recovery afterward you know right Odds are oh, he there. probably,
1: like, went back to hospice care and then died, like, three days later. But, like... That's
0: possible. Yep. You know... I, I was, mean, obviously, I didn't, I didn't look into, right. like, what happened afterwards.
1: Yeah. Um, it would be wild, though, if, like, all of a sudden he had 20 years left in him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> what the hell did you see on the
0: other side? Old Walt there. <laughs> Came back to yeah. the dead. He's still kicking, though. <laughs> all right. 1962. Uh, Clairius Narcisse uh, had passed away and was buried. 18 years later, the man returned from the dead. He went back to his family claiming that he'd been (sighs) resurrected by a bokor and was used on a slave plantation for years. He claimed to have been given a poison that made his breathing and pulse undetectable. After the funeral, the bokor dug up the body and administered another poison reviving the man, keeping him dazed and compliant much like we talked about within Haitian uh, the Haitian origin of the zombie. Mhm. Yeah. So 18 years later this man returns back alive and well with a story to tell.
1: Uh, I'm having some trouble with this one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he also
0: did claim a bokor resurrected him. Sure. And, sure. again, getting back into the Haitian, the Vodou religion, it's believed that a, Vogue, uh, that a Bokor can use these poisons to administer a catatonic, you know, undetectable, lifeless state. Right. And then revive the person, making them a zombie. But, like you had asked earlier, is there a way for this person to eventually come back as a real person? Right. This is the case of it.
1: Okay, so... He
0: did 18 years later. He said this was 1965?
1: Uh, 1962. 1962. Did you figure out, did you find out where this took place? Um, no, I don't, I don't, I, uh,
0: you know, I, I'm just using these as examples of real life cases. I'm thinking like Um,
1: small time. Honestly, I got to think this is total bullshit. Okay. This story. I'm thinking like, I immediately think like this dude faked his death and he like, went and started a second family and then eventually he missed his wife but they buried him right i mean they They literally buried him they buried something they buried uh, yeah (laughs) in
0: this case they claim that they literally buried his body
1: okay so i mean that's weird you know what it has it reminds me of how they used to have bells Connected that like went down little <laughs> tubes to the yeah. to the coffins right in case they accidentally buried someone who uh-huh. wasn't actually dead, and you hear a jingling in the middle of the night and exactly, yeah. that's some scary shit too. Imagine standing in one of those graveyards and you start hearing. Oh a man, go, fuck
0: that, dude. dude. Like I I love I love the idea of zombies. Zombies are one of my favorite things. They're up there with aliens for me, right? Right. Um. But no, fuck that. If I was if I was like if I was to hear that. I'd be out. I'd be out in a fucking second. You best believe it.
1: Which is terrible, because it's probably some poor asshole who got
0: (laughs) married before he died and he needs help. I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done.
1: I mean, I'd probably be out of there, too, in case I happen to, for some reason, have brought a shovel with me to the graveyard. There's not a lot I could do anyway, right?
0: You know, just so. that that common occurrence where you bring a shovel with you as you are visiting a grave for sure. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. If I just happen to be there grave robbing anyway, I guess I'll go to the one with the
0: bell ringing. Oh, you needed help. I'm here. if <laughs> I can help. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: I was. I was. I was here anyway. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, that's all right. That's scary though. The the bell so idea.
0: I have a couple more, uh, and I'll make these kind of quick, so we're not you know spending right. a whole lot of time just going over them um this one this one is known as the policeman's son okay. uh, so a policeman's son basically at the age of eighteen started to show symptoms of becoming a zombie um his eyes started to yellow he was very jaundiced. um smelled like death, literally smelled like rotting rotting flesh, and his body became very bloated so you, you i don't I don't want to use an example but just picture it
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing it.
0: So he passed away shortly after and then 19 months later peered out of nowhere claiming his uncle turned him into a zombie um, at that point the uncle was imprisoned for life and what's most weird about this a DNA test was then ran on the boy and it was inclu- it was concluded he wasn't related to the family at all what the world this happens in a couple of cases um i'm not sure if i have multiple cases like this but it's happened in a lot of cases i've looked up after they've returned from the dead and a dna test is ran they they're no longer quote-unquote related okay so
1: could that couldn't at all be the fact like that couldn't be caused by the fact that this supposedly returned to the from the dead person isn't the same person who died
0: so this is this is my take, okay, is that so think about um so think about this this family obviously in a very low state, their son has died off, and then you know like missing the son this grieving process they're still in the midst of it right this is yeah we're we're looking at a year and a half later. Um you know, and so they're still in the midst of a grieving process and you have this kid that comes along claiming to be the son. I can't say that he looked the exact same. I right. don't know. You don't know. You know, maybe it was a thing where they believed enough and they wanted to believe enough that they believed that he was a thing. But this kid also came saying that his uncle turned him into a zombie and all this other ran these other random claims. You know, it, it's kind of hard to dismiss as well.
1: I mean, I imagine the kid showing up like, well, you're a little tall to be Bradley. And he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I hit puberty while I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. growth spurt, my bad. Exactly. No, I like, That's that's how it seems to me. Like, it was probably like desperate parents who missed their son that's what i think yeah right yeah and i get that but maybe don't send your brother to prison for life just be like we're gonna
0: adopt this kid well what's funny is the brother um then tried to argue it that the family did this as a setup to get his money did they get money from him to be honest i don't know (laughs) Because if they did, I totally am on the <laughs> side of the pretty, uncle pretty here. that a pretty compelling argument, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, so there's that one. That one's a little silly, but, you know, sure. I'll bite. All right, another one known as Fee. A 30-year-old woman, referred to as Fee, died suddenly and was buried near her home. Three years later, she was found walking around her property. When examined by doctors, uh, she was found to have a rare form of psychosis called catatonic catatonic schizophrenia, uh, which gave her sluggish movement and zombie like behavior. After that point, they dug up her grave and found only rocks. Okay. Proving that someone had, suggesting that someone had dug up her body. Right. Because again, she was buried near her home. And then she's up and alive and well three years later. So
1: that makes me question like, when was she dug up? Because maybe, know. maybe she was dug up, you know, in three days. Right. You know, and then someone was just keeping her. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then that's, three years I mean, later, she, you know, maybe they have a fucking stroke at the dinner table and she just leaves their house.
0: And heads home, right? Yeah, it's another just kind of weird one. I mean, this yeah, is three years later. Weird. Yeah, that uh, after being dead and everybody knowing that she's been dead for three years. Yeah, she just turns up by her house, walking Cata- around.
1: Catatonic schizophrenia is gnarly. It's like yeah. you know when you think of like the the footage from like old, um, of like old psychiatric facilities from like the 30s and 40s. And you think of like you know the footage of like patients kind of stumbling around, kind of zombie like. Mm-hmm. That oftentimes that's what you're seeing. Is right, like, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, it basically like ruins a person's life for yeah. sure. I mean, it's it, like, it does
0: zombify them. It makes them no longer them. Yeah, they're in basically a state that, just like the Haitian zombies. And a mindless state that they're basically wandering at that point and have no control over their bodies, their motor functions, their, you know, anything that made them them. Right. Um, Let's see. I've got three more. Uh, So Carlos Cameo.
1: I was not expecting this many real life accounts (laughs) of zombies.
0: Oh, there's more. I I didn't even I didn't even add. I found a bunch. Yeah. Um, These are the ones I thought were kind of cool. So Carlos Cameo in 2007 was involved in a highway accident and pronounced dead at the scene. His body was transferred to a local morgue. Autopsy began and the man came back to life. So they're cutting open and he's like, hey, hey, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Um, what's, What's also strange is his wife was set to come in that day and identify the body. When she comes in, she finds them just sitting in the in the hall. Holy shit. Imagine being that woman. Yeah. Dude. Imagine I mean. Ooh. You'd have to think like, this is the worst practical joke ever. Right, exactly. <laughs> right? Uh, that would it would be fucking weird. It'd be so weird. But also like I think I'd be terrified. Like, your heart would instantly... Like, your stomach would drop. Your heart would start racing. Like, I mean, you expect this person to be dead, and you know them to be dead. Yeah. And they're involved in a traffic accident and pronounced dead at the scene. Yeah. Yeah. That that one, to me, kind of sticks out a little bit. But there are instances of people coming back to life while in a morgue or while pronounced dead at a hospital after some time. You know, so... No, that reminds me of the uh,
1: that reminds me of the the music video for the Incubus song Anna Molly. Have you ever seen that? I'm not sure that I have. The girl like dies in the video, and she's taken, and they're about to do the autopsy. They're like in the end of the video, they're like lowering the the bone saw toward her face, yeah. and then she like reaches up suddenly and grabs his wrist, and that's the end
0: of the video. Yeah. yeah. God, that that mad Hill—it's oh. pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah, imagine being like the examiner at that point, and that happened. Oh man, yeah, yeah. That, Good luck that, sleeping that, that night. Up. Um, so like I said, just a couple more. Uh, you need Lazar. Uh, had an illness for three months before she died. Um, her father claimed that she was attacked by three malevolent spirits. Five months later, she was found alive in a marketplace in a nearby town by the father. In a nearby town, in a marketplace, okay. Um, she was found though to have several injuries, uh, scars on her face, and her speech was slurred. At that point, uh, she couldn't talk right, okay. which is very common in all these cases where these people have came back to life. Yeah, um, seems to be like one of the, actually the most common traits of of that process, or uh, the common things of of that. So, I mean, that seems fairly fairly
1: run run of the mill for like brain trauma for like oxygen deprivation the things that might put you in a state that could be confused for dead right
0: yeah 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 just uh yeah i mean five months later he just finds her while i was shopping
1: no that's crazy hey (laughs) didn't expect (laughs) you
0: to be here holy shit Um. tanya (laughs) long time no see
1: you're here buying watermelons
0: too yeah, how's that dead life treating you?
1: <laughs> My God, yeah, these <laughs> are weird. I mean, it must like, um, seem like people people being confused for dead, right? They're yeah,
0: I, I yeah yeah. I mean, there are a lot of things that can do it. I mean, you know, uh, I th- I think of Romeo and Juliet, sure. right? The poison so they so taking taking the poison, yeah, exactly. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Similar. Exactly. All right. So the last one I want to talk about is the one that I think will kind of spark a little bit of okay. interest. This brings me back to our pandemic. Got it. Bioquark experiments. Uh, so Bioquark is a, is a company that right now is running trials on patients that are dead. Um, basically, their bodies are just kept on life support. Uh, to where they you know they' they're they haven't right. fully shut down they're brain they brain are dead but not dead um, right exactly they're with right. no brain activity. so basically, um, you know at this point they're injecting stem cells into the brain to try and reanimate it and their go- their goal right now is to bring patients back from the dead um, you know and this is something something that is actively being worked on to this day. And that's where we really get into these, like I said, these pandemic zombies. This crazy, you know, this crazy thing where I think it will happen. I think we will eventually get there. Some- something will, uh, uh, yeah. There's going to be something that's going to create something. Um, and you know, whether it's a mindless slop of meat, mm-hmm. you know, like a meat sack yeah. or something, um, or if it's a fully functioning person or if it's something that becomes confused as to what's going on and then they just become full of rage. Okay. And that's kind of think of our modern zombies. That's right? the
1: fucking scary zombies, right? Those like 28 Days Later zombies, the ones that like sprint and like those like World yeah. War Z zombies. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, man, dude. Those, those yeah, are really scary. For sure. No, but
1: for sure. like that's that's really interesting. I I could see them getting I mean stem cell Research is insane. It's amazing. Like, oh, it's and it's it's
0: it's come like it's coming a huge way, especially
1: in the last like 20 years. It's progressed so much, it's insane. And like, I could definitely see them getting to a point where, like, you know, anyone who's ever watched like a medical drama show, anyone who's ever watched ER or Grey's Anatomy or any of those shows, you know, we're all familiar with that scene where like where someone is has no brain activity, they're on the ventilator, they're like, you know, on life support and the family has to make the decision to take them off life support. Right? Um, Yeah. So I could definitely see them like developing a stem cell treatment that might, you know, prevent us from having to ever make that decision. Right? The question, the thing that's weird for me is like, if you get to a point where you're, where you're regrowing brain cells obviously i'm not a fucking doctor i'm not even gonna sound like one um right but like
0: i think we're kind of thinking the same thing like how much of
1: you how much of you is gonna be new do you know does that make sense that's a really shitty Mm -hmm. way to ask that question but i think you know what i mean i
0: think i think the question is how much of you is going to be you i mean yeah you're right that is so yeah, which I think is a really good question because, I mean, at that point, you know, it, you're obviously playing "quote unquote" sure, God, sure. right? So you're you're essentially bringing back the dead, which then sparks a whole other conversation of you know, like how long is too long? Like, can we continue to reanimate people? Can we can, continue right. to do this? Can we transport these you know brains into another being? um can we become digitalized like whatever sure. else you know like i mean yeah. shit's crazy um but i think at that point like how much of you is yeah. you i would probably say how yeah. much i mean i guess it would depend on how much of your
1: brain has to be regenerated right The extent right? i mean yeah. to me it's like the question of yeah. if you have like an antique boat and every 10 years a board has to be replaced right eventually at how, that point, you're right. rebuilding. How the entire long before thing. it's a different boat? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
0: But how much of that also inherits? Right. The right. previous traits from you know, what it's connected like, to. Yeah, exactly. So, it, it, which is, I mean, obviously, we don't, we don't know, and I, don't, I don't think we will know. Um, that's like that's a you pretty know, but phil- I,
1: that's like a philosophical question. I think. Yeah.
0: Right. Exactly. Hmm. i think so too but yeah i would say i mean it, it like you said i think it definitely depends on the extent and what the actual case is um you know how much they have to yeah. rebuild like are they rebuilding and an, you know the entire thing um you know just for the sake of returning this person back to right functioning i guess um. Yeah. It's it's a tough. It's it's definitely a tough. Also, a tough probably depends
1: sure. on what like parts of the brain you're regenerating, right? Because if you're like regenerating cells to restore motor function and stuff, that's one thing. But if you're regenerating like your the memory centers of your brain, like how much of mm-hmm. you is still going to be you? You know, like
0: yeah. Because at that point, I mean, you're basically removing or replacing. Right person's you know people's memories and you know anything that yeah has made them and that even that that point point is even that point is
1: ignoring the you know the possibility of a soul right so like yeah i mean how much of how much of you how much of what makes you you depends on the the biology right Maybe you could replace the biology completely, and you know, your soul is what makes you. You, I don't know, I don't
0: know. Yeah, I mean, but then we're yeah, it's we're a looking, much bigger question. <laughs> yeah, kind of right, and that gets more into, I would say, more religion sure. based. But I mean, um, we're talking about bringing people know, back from the dead, so it couldn't be helped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's to say anybody actually has a soul? Yeah. You know, what is go. a soul, right? Um, you know, so it, I I think like more scientifically, you know, soul out of the uh, question. I think the question is based off of the practice, and you know what the what the outcome should sure. possibly be. So, which you know, again, it is definitely. A higher question that obviously I don't have the means of answering. You don't as well, but you know we can only kind of theorize at that point. Um, but yeah, I would I would like to say you know it is going to be due to the extent, yeah, for yeah, sure. and what all they're having to. I recreate, mean, I
1: think so. rebuilding ten percent of my brain, I'd be cool with that if it meant I could live another forty years. Right. I mean, fuck yeah! But like, if I'm you're getting to the point where you're like replacing, you know, if you're basically generating. You know, eighty percent of someone's brain. How is that even going to be the same person? You know I mean? Like, you might look like the same person, <laughs> yeah. but who the hell knows what you're going to be like, what you're going to enjoy, I mean, what you know. Are you mm-hmm. still going to be in love with your wife? Like,
0: exactly. I mean, at that point, then we're looking more at like memory sure. loss, and you know, like a higher, higher extent. Right. Not of just that. memory loss though, just you know, like rebuilding
1: positions toward things like not the, the same foods. Yeah. Aren't going to taste the same. Like you're, you might see colors mm-hmm. differently, like all sorts of things would be changed.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been cases where, you know, someone has lost all of their memories, never yeah. regained them and then had to start a yeah. different life and one to start a different life, whether they were married, whether they had, you know, like, A previous life that they've left chose chose to start something completely new because it's all they knew at that point definitely so i you know i think we'd probably run into a lot of instances like that that, for sure yeah
1: that might be the case
0: all right so i'm really curious Uh, just like we did with the the werewolf case i want to know uh you know and obviously skipping ahead here just for the sake of time uh, but I want to no, know okay. your top five favorite zombie movies. So I hope I hope you have that list ready. I do. Awesome. I do. Did you do yours in an order this time? Um, I did. I did actually. You did. You <laughs> did. Me too. <laughs> I was just thinking. No, I was trying to make sure, but yes, I did. I did.
1: All right. I will let so, you go first. Number five on my list is dawn of the dead
0: 2004
1: Ooh, that's a good one that's a oh that's such a good one the james gunn remake yes it's i like i really that i mean i was uh that i remember that came out the summer before my senior year before our senior year in high school
0: 2004 out of curiosity yeah i know that i went cam went did you go with us to see that because yes. there was a point, the the full beginning was like a green tent the, to the whole thing, and like everybody yeah. bitched about it, and they gave us like free tickets to another movie afterwards, and then restarted yeah. the movie and fixed it, and so we got to like watch the full thing plus yeah. get a free. It was awesome. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I loved that movie so much. It had been a long time. I remember it had been a long time since I gave a shit about a zombie movie. Yeah. When that came out, and I really enjoyed it.
0: Such a like, one of the best remakes that has ever been done, for sure.
1: Absolutely. And you can't ignore the fact that we got to find out what happens when a pregnant girl gets bit by a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. One of the silliest, most memorable
0: scenes in a zombie movie
1: ever—giving birth to a zombie baby.
0: It was oh, such a it's such a good <laughs> movie. Uh, definitely, like I said, one of the better remakes that have been done for sure. Um, yeah, that is. I actually had that on my list as well. Excellent. That's number two on my list. So I I want oh, to go back over that because we've All already right. both had that. So my number so what's five. Your number five? Train to Busan. It's a Korean zombie movie. Fucking fantastic. Yeah. Everything about it is perfect. Um obviously, you know, you have to be able to read subtitles and be open to that, but I I read I watch a lot of foreign films, so literally right. one of the best zombie movies that I've ever seen. They do it extremely so well. Um they're also the crazed like, you know, uh 28 the days crisis. later world war world war z zombies they do that thing where yep. they like trample or like trample over each other and build this big ass like wall of zombies oh, yeah. and shit like so fucking yep. cool one of the best zombie movies as of recent and this is just a couple years a uh, couple years ago they actually made a sequel that i've yet to see unfortunately yeah i haven't seen it um, i haven't seen it either i keep but yeah there almost is a, buying it all the time but i haven't yet
1: <laughs> there is a reason that train to busan is on every single list of the best zombie movies ever oh agreed it's yeah. so good it's if you google best zombie movies ever it's on every fucking list it really because is because it's, such it's a fucking so good, good. Movie,
0: dude like yeah it's
1: i mean honestly it's not just a good zombie movie it is a really good movie oh the whole just the whole period. premise
0: everything like the acting is yeah. fantastic like everything it's shot about beautifully, it beautifully good
1: yep like it's shot in this like Especially, really muted, oh. like almost a gray tone. I was gonna say, and when
0: they're walking through the tunnel too, like, oh, that's one of the uh-huh. creepiest scenes, like, oh man. <laughs> oh, that's yes. so good though. Yep. All right, number four.
1: All right. Number four on my list. A bit of a curveball is from nineteen ninety three, Ed. Ed. Wait, what was Ed? What was Ed?
0: Uh fuck. No, you throw me Yeah, you Steve, threw me a curveball.
1: Yeah, it's Steve Buscemi. Okay? And he plays a guy who gets offered a chance to reanimate his mother, his dead mother, for a thousand dollars. Okay? And he he pays the thousand dollars and it sets off the fucking zombie apocalypse. It's so good, it's quirky, it's weird, like it's very nineties. So it's not the Ed that
0: I'm looking at, which is, it looks like a baseball movie with, uh, yeah, probably not. With Joey from Friends. Oh, no. No, no, no. Uh, uh let's see. No, that's, huh I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have to find that because I, I don't think I've ever seen that. Okay. It's really good. Awesome. It's,
1: it's, it's super weird. It's like, kind of like, kind of like a, it, almost like a proto Shauna's Dead or mm. Shaun of the Dead. Like, it, cause it, it is funny. It's definitely yeah. like a, a
0: comedy horror. I, but like, I love, I love a good comedy horror man, too, though.
1: It's Steve Buscemi, though. So, you know, it's going to be amazing. It's, and it's like a young Steve Buscemi. He's like super weird and awkward with everything.
0: Okay. And yeah. I I love it. Awesome. I, that again, that's that's not what I've ever seen. So I'll have to, I'll have to dig it up and find it.
1: That was one of the movies, one of the, one of the hundreds of movies that my parents had on VHS (laughs) when I was a kid. And I watched the shit out of that movie.
0: That's awesome. My, let's see. I would say my number four is going to be Shaun of the Dead okay reason being like uh, uh oh, oh god Mike, nick frost and uh, uh oh man Mike, can't I think of his name right now but yes like they're th- everything they do is fantastic their entire like film company everything they produce is perfect but just yeah. the way that they they like the way that they like depict the zombies as like they really don't give a shit Like, you know, like that opening or one of the opening scenes, like he walks to the deli and grabs, you know, grabs his soda and stuff and like sees like these random people out and just thinks nothing of it. Uh, Plus the line, you've got red on you is another one of my favorite lines. Um, And then like the zombie walk. I fucking love that scene. (laughs) and then also going to the Winchester like you know just everything everything about it again is really good it's it's a really good like zombie movie but it's also a very good comedy you know but yeah they 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 like they depict it super well um and it's just extremely well done with a lot of light humor to it I think yeah I'm Shaun of the Dead is one
1: that I can watch over and over again. Oh, same. Right? I definitely like, have
0: that's for sure.
1: And it's like I like that it's it's very English. The yeah. movie is very very English, right? So like we're we're used to like zombie movies that are not, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, and I like that that brand of comedy in that setting was really a unique thing at the time right like like the scene that you were describing where he walks in and gets a soda and yeah. he's just like oh you know like nonchalant nobody's about it. nobody's that's, at the counter he just like yeah.
0: leaves his money there and walks yeah. off yeah
1: that's so fucking english
0: i <laughs> british humor like uk humor is probably one of my favorites yeah sure. I, I feel like i relate well to it it's extremely yep. dry, and it's, it's very subtle, but at the same time, it's extremely funny. Like, it's hilarious, and yeah. especially when it's done right, and they did it so right for that movie.
1: Yeah, I agree. Shaun of the Dead was awesome.
0: And that's my number four. Uh, what's your number three?
1: Okay. My number three is a movie from 2015 called Maggie.
0: Maggie. I don't know. I don't think I've seen that one either.
1: All right. It's okay. So the story is actually similar to the story that you told me, the real life account, The Policeman. What was it? The Policeman's yeah. son. Sort of okay, developed so... like the
0: zombie-like traits and then passed away. Yeah. And then,
1: yeah. So the movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But no, I know that sounds absurd, right? But like an 80s Schwarzenegger in a zombie movie would have been very different than what this was. Right, This sure. is like a 70-year-old a Arnold Schwarzenegger plays the father to a daughter, a young daughter, who's like slowly becoming a zombie. Right? And it's like, it sounds like a sort of wacky premise, but it's not wacky at all. It's like okay. super heavy and very emotional. And like, basically it's like, it's like a really deep drama set in like a in a zombie setting, okay. right? So yeah. the the whole movie is is her progression into becoming a zombie That's and cool. ends with like, you know, how you know it's going to end. Right. And it's like, I assume he has yeah, to kill her. Yeah, it's super heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it's very emotional yeah. and like but it's a really, really good movie. Like I was super impressed with it because I'd never seen Schwarzenegger play like an actual a really, real like, role. Yes, yeah. anyone other than himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was like really good in it. And That's it, awesome. Yeah, okay. it's good. I recommend
0: it for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm jotting these down as well so I remember to check them out. It almost, it, I mean, it's very, it's not close to it at all. But for some reason it makes me think of uh what is it, Life as Beth or um Yeah, yeah. The Aubrey Plaza where she like yeah. dies and becomes a zombie and they're taken back to the family and her like yeah. previous like boyfriend and stuff is like he goes over there and she's there one day and they're just like, Oh, keep quiet about it basically. Um yeah, but yeah that's <laughs> kind of what I think about. <laughs> um all right. My number three Return of the Living Dead from uh nineteen eighty five. Okay, One of my favorite horror comedies of all time. Just the idea of it, first of all, is awesome. You've also got these also punk rockers that hang out and fuck in a cemetery. Um, yes. But not only that, do you have zombies that can drive ambulances <laughs> and shoot <laughs> guns? <laughs> and they're constantly yes. just saying brains. Like... One of my Always favorite my favorite <laughs> types of zombies ever, and they're just hilarious. It's like one of the funniest movies of all time. um, and it's another that i can I can watch repeatedly because it's so fucking good,
1: yeah, I mean, it's like so this is like Russo's split off from Romero, right? It's like sort of like a pseudo sequel, right. It's right? it's kind and of like,
0: following up, but not really. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just like you have him in this like the like vats when, of
0: whatever. Yeah. Right. You can go ahead. This is
1: like, um, <laughs> this is like Russo is, you know, is, um, this is like when At the Drive In broke up and <laughs> it, it became two different bands. Right. That's fair. So, yeah, this is the Sparta and Romero is the Mars Volta. The Mars Volta. Obviously.
0: Yep. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> i mean the better but, of the two for sure
1: yeah you can't like you can't deny how awesome it is to have punks and zombies right in the movie together especially
0: yeah. like being a young punker like you know being like super exactly into, like the whole punk rock yeah scene i loved that so much up. yeah it was like you see that in the movie, you're like fuck yeah this is cool like people like me i'm into this but also yep. zombies and you're like this is even so much <laughs> yep. better okay awesome yeah Exactly. fantastic, fantastic movie.
1: No, yeah, agreed completely. That one almost made my list. It's it's definitely one of my favorites. I'm so
0: surprised it didn't. All
1: right. I know. (laughs) Uh, know.
0: Let's see, we're at number two. Number two.
1: Yeah, my number two is the OG Night of the Living Dead.
0: And that is my number one. I've already said my number two was Dawn of the Dead, which is actually original and... Or the or the original and the remake. I loved the right. original for what it was. I loved it when I saw it. Sure. Um, you know, it was just uh, so good, but yeah, you keep See, going with Night of the living dead. I, I loved nine of the
1: living dead. I watched it. Like it was like probably once a month. I watched it with my dad growing up. It was yeah. one. Of, it's always been one of his favorite movies. It has this like super cool, like almost noir, like um, Twilight Zone vibe. To the movie like just the whole concept where he's like boarding up the house mm-hmm. and like they're by himself and kind of like tortured in his own mind through the movie even when the zombies or ghouls aren't anywhere right. near right <laughs> he's yep. like he's torturing himself even when they aren't torturing yep. him it's yeah it's a brilliant movie it's so good
0: it's yeah like i said that's that's my number one uh it's my favorite zombie movie of all time it'll forever be. Yeah. Um like I already said as far as the they're coming for you Barbara uh you know yep. line and stuff. I mean I still I still to this day use that randomly. Um but like another thing I really loved about that movie was how like first of all how the zombies I mean just start start coming up and it just becomes this thing out of nowhere. You know just like this crazy night and this crazy chain of events that happen. But not only yep. that, you also have this badass guy one of the first depictions of a black man first of all as being one of a one of the main characters and plus he's a badass yeah he was fucking awesome like that like and especially at that time you know i mean this is what 60 68 69 whatever it was 68 yeah you know is it it wasn't very common right and that is also it's one thing i've always appreciated And just the fact, I mean, just everything about it was extremely well done. And plus that is our first time that we get the zombies that we have today, you know, creates this, the staple of what we now have come to know of this entire genre placed in this one, this one movie like, and yeah, yeah. Forever will be one of the absolute best. It is an absolute classic. Uh, The remake wasn't nearly as good but i mean yeah i always i always prefer the original in black and white just uh so fucking the
1: original holds up it does it does this day it holds
0: up
1: i i I went over and saw my saw my dad last weekend and he was watching it and i sat down and watched like 25 minutes of it with him and i didn't want to get up and leave it's still so so good. good
0: i know it yeah to this I, day, I still amazing. watch it from time to time. It's still in my rotation of of my favorite horror movies, especially like we were talking about before we before we got started here. October is now where I watch all of my favorites, and it is in my rotation for October. So yeah, of yeah. course. I'm, also, I'm I
1: got to grow up because my mom's name is Barbara, so I got to grow up with a dad who was constantly constantly quoting the movie. Say
0: that's awesome. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have anything like that. I used it out of the place, but <laughs> yeah, it was still to me. Nobody ever knew what I was talking about. You know. You know. There's not many people yeah. that appreciate a lot of the things that I do. Um, so <laughs> I, I I appreciate that for sure. Um, I've Definitely. already I've already given my top five now. Uh, what is your number one? Right. My number one
1: is the 1985 classic Reanimator. Okay. Okay. So it's Stuart Gordon's adaptation of an H.P. Lovecraft short story. And it's brutal and weird. And, like, if I had to pick one adjective, it's gloopy.
0: (laughs) Can you describe (laughs) gloopy?
1: Just imagine it. All right. I don't need to describe it.
0: It's I think of, I think of the blob at that point. <laughs> it, yes. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. That does it. <laughs> okay. Dude,
1: it's like Okay, so there's basically a basically like a scientist figures out how to reanimate people, right? And the like reagent is what it's called. The the um compound that he uses to reanimate people. Mm-hmm. And people start coming after him to get it. Right? Okay. And it's nasty. The movie is nasty.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yes. Awesome. That is it's, that is one yeah. that I actually want to check out that I uh, guilt you know guiltily I don't know <laughs> if that's a word. Haven't actually seen.
1: So Yeah, definitely see a reanimator. It's, yeah, I love it. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite horror movies ever. Period. Not just zombie. It's awesome. Yeah, it almost sounds like Toxic Avenger. It's you know it's got to look like that.
0: (laughs) That's yeah. It's
1: yeah. It's fairly similar. I think I nailed it with Gloopy. There you go. Yeah. Now I'm just I'm envisioning all of these gloopy like things (laughs) yeah I mean it gets a little like Cronenberg-esque it's like these weird sort I mean it's H.P. Lovecraft it's based on that so you know there are going to be like these horrendous monstrosities oh I mean yeah it's going to be very
0: out there for sure so which
1: I'm open to that I like that for sure it's fun it's a fun movie that's awesome it's like it's body horror sort of without being like without being like I don't know. It's almost like the things, the beings in it are so fucked up looking already that it doesn't really like, because I'm not really a big body horror person. Right. Like, I can't watch like, I don't even like like the hostile movies and shit like that. I like you know a lot I mean? of like, gore.
0: I like you see, know, I, that I mangled flesh and just, yeah I, yeah, I like it.
1: I mean, I don't mind every once in a while it's stuck in in a horror movie to like grab your attention. Yeah. But like I don't I'm just not the person who is going to sit down for 2 hours of torture porn. Like that makes sense. it's not yeah, it's just not for me. Yeah. So it this is like body horror but it's it's done in a way I mean it's from 85. <clears throat> it's tasteful? It's, so uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say it's tasteful. It certainly isn't. But like the body horror is done in a way that is I don't know. I find it palatable, all even right. though I don't. Li- I don't typically like body body horror.
0: Yeah, but yeah, no, that makes sense for sure. I recommend it for sure. So, I, I'm going to throw this out there. I know, I know that I had mentioned it. I do have some runners up, and I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to go over them. But all these right. are things, These are ones that I think everybody needs to check out. All right, first let's of all, give us some honorable mentions. First of all, being Fido. If you've okay. never seen it, it's so good. It's basically where zombies are are held as pets and then they're, you know, set to do your household chores and things like that. Super funny. It's a very like indie film. Um, I even went as far as as looking at The Evil Dead as a possible zombie-like film. Yeah. Um just due to like the Necronomicon bringing you know, bringing the dead back to life things like that. Um uh if you want to call it Record, a uh, rec, R E C. Rec. rec. Is a very, very popular one as well. Also has Deb from Dexter. Uh, 28 Days Later, Just Because. And we've talked about that a lot today. Um, Another one, The Night Eats the World. fantastic. It's another new one that is really, really good. Uh, Definitely worth a watch. Dead Snow, fantastic. The way that they do their zombies is beautiful. Beautiful. That's the Nazi zombies, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that one was really good. And then I had one more in here just to throw in, uh, called Anna and the Apocalypse. It's okay. kind of like a Christmas movie around zombies, and it's so fucking good. It's almost like a musical, but like, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's super gnarly, very grotesque, very gory. Awesome. Okay. Now I was curious. Um, is I know that we've talked about movies. What about, uh, you know, I I look at games as well, portraying the whole j- not, or zombie uh, genre and everything. Uh, do you have any yeah. games that uh, you've, I guess, that you've uh, been into that have been kind of within that genre as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, one
1: video game that I love playing and actually is my favorite version of a zombie ever depicted by anything, which is The Last of Us. The zombies in The Last of Us, the whole setting is like it's a it's caused by a spore yeah by spores by like um these like funguses
0: those um, are out there too that cause zombie like
1: oh yeah. behaviors Activity as well is, yes. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it's based on that and like basically like the the people get this fungal infection that slowly takes over the host and it makes them progressively less human so like throughout the game you encounter enemies that are at various states of right the infection and the farther they are into the infection the more powerful they are but yeah the game's fantastic and like every good zombie story it's not really about the zombies it's like a really good human drama told right. in the I backdrop mean the story of is, zombies yeah. mm-hmm. right but like the zombies themselves i think are very cool and the character design for them is fantastic they look amazing like yeah so i just want to mention it because that's my favorite
0: version of a zombie that's awesome that's uh actually a game i've never played but i've watched the entire playthrough uh (laughs) without commentary i mean just i i you know i well i had i had a ps3 but you know i just never actually bought it or picked it up or anything um and i mean it's still something i'd like to do i'd like still like to play the second one too Because I've heard both are fantastic, you know, but again, just watching the playthrough, the first one is really good. The story is great. You know, everything about it is fantastic, just like you said. Um, But I've not played it firsthand. So, but I watch a lot of playthroughs, especially, you know, games I don't have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I would say mine and forever and always will be the Resident Evil series. Of course. Uh, Specifically, Resident Evil 2 original. And Nemesis, not Re Three. I do yeah. love the I do love the remakes. I love the whole the whole engine that they're using now, like the Resident Evil like Seven engine that they're using. um yeah. And they did fantastic as far as both remakes and a lot of complaints is Re Three was too short when the original Nemesis was way longer, extremely better story. You know, I I will give it that for sure. But I love the whole premise of the Umbrella Corporation. Being this bio, this bio company that they're working on, you know, just like we talked about with that uh, bio quark or whatever it was that you know that are yeah. working on stem cell, whatever, you know, just like that, they're working on these same types of things. They end up creating sure. uh, a virus that gets uh, essentially spread within you know the area um, and eventually overtakes Raccoon City and you know turning everybody into zombies, and you have. You know, especially, like, Leon Kennedy that comes in as a new rookie cop and, you know, coming to save the day. And then that kind of just, to me, that really that really plays out the genre. I know, obviously, the original takes place in the mansion, you know, and you learn a lot about, like, Wesker and stuff like that. But I think it really hits in Resident Evil 2 when we have Raccoon City come into play. Um, but, you know, again, it's my favorite series. It'll forever be my favorite series. Holds a lot of sentimental meaning. And the amount of times I've played and beat those games is stupid amounts at this point. Um, yeah, I couldn't at all tell that that's your favorite. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, so forever definitely will be my favorite series.
1: I like I like Resident Evil. I I remember most of my memories connected to Resident Evil are like memories with you. Yeah, like just hanging out while you played it, and you know, I I really liked Dino Crisis
0: dino crisis was fantastic too another great great you know capcom game uh still had nothing nothing ever on resident evil
1: (laughs) yeah of course not i I love my dinosaurs
0: that's for sure but you know you know
1: like like you're you know ashamed of not having seen reanimator i don't think i've ever finished a resident evil game
0: you need to do yourself a favor
1: I don't think I've ever finished one. I did finish Dino Crisis though, so I'm calling <laughs> that a win.
0: <laughs> I mean, same, but
1: yeah, you know. No, I specifically the scene where the T Rex busts through
0: the window scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I I even played uh, d- the different Resident Evils even to unlock all the different modes as well. Doing oh, yeah. like knife only throughout the game, uh, you know, like crazy crazy shit not taking damage you know like yeah it was it was a goal it was it was a goal to be able to reach and then you could unlock like different you know modes and stuff or different weapons and you know crazy stuff that you could actually use but it also was huge bragging rights and i remember my brother and i um you know just playing the fuck out of those as kids and literally like i mean we would no life the shit out of them for hours and hours so yeah It's definitely a big thing to me, for sure. So, and that basically brings us
1: to something that we have to talk about doing a zombie episode. The Walking Dead.
0: Of course. Yep.
1: So, honestly, I don't have a lot of new opinions about The Walking Dead. I was like a loyal viewer for the first six seasons. Yeah, I'm right
0: there with you, for sure
1: halfway through season seven it just kind of started to feel like torture porn for me and i just stopped watching it
0: and haven't been back since i actually stopped uh in mid season four was when i stopped and then wow. i went back in season six whenever negan became part of the story seven uh, and think, started the end of six yeah something like that and i started watching it for a short period of time um Obviously, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but just to see, like, specific things, and then I stopped watching it again. Yeah. um, The whole... I mean, the whole start of the show, I watched religiously. I loved it. Oh, yeah. I loved what they did. I mean, it was fantastic, even as far as, like, when they moved into the prison, like, you know, even them keeping that going, even though that was way overdone, um... (laughs) I even like the farm season. Oh, I I loved the farm. farm. I loved uh, uh, Herschel. Was that his name? Yeah, Herschel. Yeah, yeah. I loved his character. uh, Or love his character. (laughs) Uh, You know, for (laughs) anybody that hasn't seen it. Uh, but no, Um, I I loved the whole farm premise, too. Like, they did so well with that. Until they went into, like, where they were in that, like, old church and stuff in season four. And then you have, like... The other people that are you know becoming like uh, this other threat to them, not just zombies, but you also have like this external threat of bad guys, and then it just went to shit for me. And I just I was like, man, this is this sucks now. Like it's not what it used to be. You know i I didn't have the love for it that like, especially season one had. Like, yeah, I remember still new and so good. I remember when
1: season one premiered on Halloween like watching man i was so fucking psyched for that because i had been i had been a loyal reader of the comic book for a long time that
0: makes a big difference for sure too yeah yeah that adds a lot more
1: to it man when that show premiered i was i had never been more excited for a tv show in my life and you know i got a lot of good time out of it six seasons is you know that's like if it were a normal show that's probably all it would have been given yeah Um, true so I'm I'm fine with that. And I actually really, really, really enjoyed the first couple seasons of Fear the Walking Dead.
0: Yeah, they they did really well with Fear. I, I loved the backstory. I loved like getting to see it slowly progress and like yeah, mm-hmm. it was awesome. Uh especially like even in one of like the first couple episodes, uh the Asian couple, uh the older yeah. couple, uh she's out in like the backyard and with like the uh, I'm trying to remember at this point. I wanted to say it was either, like... She had, like, clothes hanging up or something. But it's almost like a maze in the backyard and, like, just all this shit starts to happen. Yeah, it's just like... Yeah, yeah. I, I remember just, like, being like, oh, my fuck, what's gonna happen? They're, like, super, <laughs> yeah. super pumped. Like, you know, yeah. it was really good. But I even liked The Walking Dead up to, like, when they moved into that... Uh, what was that one town where, like, they had the governor and stuff? Like, that whole angle oh, yeah, that they yeah. went? Yeah, that was um, fun. You know, and... And then they get to, uh, what was that one? Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, <laughs> you know, where they're walking like the train tracks to get to that one place where they end up Terminal. capturing him and putting, yeah, putting him in the back of like a shipping container. And
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: All that was fine.
1: Yeah. But yeah. I was fine with it. It just eventually it like turned into, it just turned into like gruesome death after gruesome Terminus. death after gruesome death.
0: I thought it was Terminal. I thought you it was might terminus. be right. I don't know. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <Either way. laughs> We're obviously yeah. not, not uh, skilled in the ways of the walking dead these days, but yeah. yeah, for sure. But yeah, it it was, it was really great. And it was, I mean, and it, I've, I've often thought about going back and rewatching just because of how much I loved originally and how much I've heard great things about where they are now, or at least where they've been previously. Um yep. now I've heard it's kind of hit or miss but you know it's taking the time to watch like what like 10 seasons or whatever they're at now like <laughs> yes man yeah that's difficult to to do and I know that I'm going to get super bored and have to like push through it I yeah I I have a lot of
1: good memories from the show though like watching that and then watching like uh what's his face from Nerdist Oh the has- uh he hosted uh talking dead talking dead that's what it was yeah right Mm -hmm. after it yeah he like sort of mastered the art of the uh parasite show you know getting getting your show famous talking about another show
0: yeah they they did really well like and then bringing on like people in the show and then especially when like people would get killed off or leave the show like you know, it was it was cool to watch that, especially I mean, just airing right afterwards. You know, it was a nice back to back, you know, thing that kind of kept yeah. you also hyped for the show. There was uh, the, always this
1: like online underground of people who like who like leaked the the guests from the upfronts for Talking Dead. Like, oh, tonight it's going
0: to be this guy, so he's probably yeah. going to die. And yeah, yeah, I, they, I mean, that was pretty spot on. Yeah, yeah. They were yeah, pretty, pretty good. good about pretty good about doing that. That's for sure. But yeah, it's but yeah. Uh, like I said, it's one I, I would love to revisit, and I probably will one day, especially when I have nothing else. But right now, I'm, I'm watching so many different things that even yeah. just to fathom the idea of rewatching that right now is impossible. Agreed. Same here. But I will. I will. I will. I will do it one day. I will try. <laughs> I can't say it so well, that I'll be successful. Fair enough Alright well that wraps up episode 16 Zombie Apocalypse Subject Zero Thank you thank you thank you From the bottom of our weird Possibly alien
1: maybe ghostly Probably cryptid hearts For listening We absolutely love having the chance To discuss all these wild creatures And events every week
0: And it's your continued attention That allows us to carry on We want to get to know each and every one of you so, please come and check us out on all the socials at campfire.tails.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.tot.sau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling.
1: And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at reverbnation.com/reverent. It's fantastic fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And
0: remember, campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown. unknown.